All right, so budgets are something that we that we write. They are aspirational. The president has a budget proposal for fiscal year 2021. Here to talk us through it is Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com. Welcome back, sir. Hey, thanks. Good to be back. Talk with us about um, uh, a budget. First of all, we should all have a budget, um, and ours maybe should be more realistic and less dependent on debt than the one um, produced uh, and offered by the president. <laughs> yeah, think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the president, just like his predecessor, is running a trillion-dollar debts or deficits every year. Let's, let's define, first of all, deficit is the amount that we go into debt in an, on an annual basis. The, the debt... It's, it's how much deeper the hole is getting. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then the debt is the accumulation of all the deficits, okay, that, that we have run at the federal level. So just like Obama, Trump is running roughly a trillion dollar deficits every year, give or take, and we have now $23 trillion dollars or more in debt. You can go out to a place called Debt to the Penny. Just Google Debt to the Penny, and you will get all the information about the debt from the U.S. Treasury you ever wanted to know, but were afraid to ask. So, all right. So, um, it's it's striking to me that this budget calls for more than a trillion dollar uh, and trillion dollars in, in spending deficits, like for fiscal years nineteen, twenty, twenty one, and twenty two. And yet it includes real spending cuts. So can you explain sort of how that works? How could there be these deep cuts in the budget and yet um, still a budget that produces a trillion dollar deficit? Yeah, great question. First of all, the cuts, and that's in the S1, the Sierra One table in Trump's um, um, budget, those cuts are for discretionary spending only. So you have you have discretionary spending and you have mandatory spending and you have that in every agency and you have that in every part of the government. OK, so you have discretionary spending, mandatory spending, mandatory spending uh, has about six hundred trillion, not six, about six hundred billion dollars of what they call other spending. And then Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid is all mandatory. And that makes up uh, two point four trillion of our $4.8 trillion budget. So between the mandatory spending and all the agencies, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, $3 trillion of that is already mandated by law. It has to happen unless they change the laws. So out of the $4.8 trillion in our in our national budget, $3 trillion of it is mandated. The rest of it is discretionary. That's where he's trying to cut spending. He has gone through every agency, and, and you, you can see, of course, listeners can't see this, but, uh, Carmen, you can see the table that I sent you there of all of the percentage of cuts by uh, department that uh, Trump is proposing, except for uh, departments of uh, NASA, Veterans Affairs, Treasury, Transportation, Homeland Security, and Defense. Those get minor uh, increases. Okay. So I'm talking with Bill English from com. We're talking about the proposed federal budget. Um, it's enormous. The scope of it is sometimes very, very difficult for us to get our um, our heads around. Um, when, when we when we look at something like, I don't know, I'm going to pick one of these. When we look right. at something, this, this one looks like the biggest, uh, the biggest discretionary um, cut. So 48% cut in the discretionary budget for commerce. Yes. Now, it wouldn't the Commerce Department be the one that would be related to, I don't know, economics? 
Uh, yeah, they, they do a lot of statistical analysis. Uh, them and the Department of Labor do uh, pump out a lot of the numbers that we take for granted. But the Department of Commerce uh, in at the beginning was designed to be a department that spurred innovation and competition in, in America. And I think what Trump is probably, and I haven't read through, through you know, word for word through this massive budget, but I suspect what Trump is, is finding is that commerce has been co-opted for other political means. And he's just pulling out that, some of that discretionary spending and saying, no, let's get commerce back to their original core uh, purpose in life. And so he's, and you know, it's a 48% decrease, yes, uh, but their budget for two, his proposed budget for 2021 is only 7.9 billion. That's a really small amount of money in a 4.8 trillion dollar budget. All right, um Bill, before we take a break, maybe let's just have a conversation about um being borrowers and how as borrowers because this is a this is a budget year over year over year that's dependent on us being debtors, debtors yes. to other countries. Yes. Um, talk with us about what Scripture says about the borrower and, and how we actually then, then become the servant or the slave to the lender. Sure. Proverbs 22, 7, the borrower is servant to the lender. That's the last part of the verse. The first part of the verse is uh, the rich rule over the poor. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the borrower is servant to the lender. The more we borrow, the more we are becoming servants to foreign governments, to foreign investors, to uh, domestic uh, investors, to domestic funds, uh, like mutual funds and those kinds of things. It's not good for our government to be a servant to others, especially China and Japan, um, uh, through debt. It's, it's just not a good thing for us to be that way. And so I think the, the, the thrust of the Proverbs passage is don't be in debt or don't be a slave to anyone except God and that's why getting out of debt is so important. Um, I mean, you know this, Carmen. You can't go on the mission field if you're in debt, right? Because now you, right. Have, you have two masters. But once you're out of debt, you can go on the mission field because you can wholly serve God and you don't have to worry about being in debt. I, I would like to see us as a Christian evangelical community adopt the same ethos in our voting when it comes to debt. Um. We could talk about our like individual credit scores and um, oh my. At, like rate. So there's a, <laughs> right. so well, this has been a subject of conversation in our own household. Oh, it so, has. Okay. Um, so there's there might be a slight competition between two uh, oh, the, oh. the senior adults in the family. Now I so, can never imagine um, Carmen being competitive. Can you? Paul? Oh, never. Not no. Carmen. No, no. Well, no. both of our credit scores so are over shy eight. and unassuming. Well, this is ridiculous. You know? But we both have credit scores that are just over eight hundred. And, okay, um, I don't like is, you now. Which is pretty good, right? <laughs> very yeah, good. Very good. I really yeah. don't like you so, now. Also, but that made us ask the question, like, what percentage of Americans, you know, is that true of? And there's 20 percent of the American population that has a credit score better than 800, which means there are a fair, there's a fair percentage of the population that is, you know, actively, like, really, 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 really actively committed to being as as close to debt-free as possible, um, although, you know, mortgages and such. So um, when we continue this conversation, I, I really do want us to think about debt and the total debt that is currently in front of us as a country. And it's not to, like, freak people out, uh, but it, it is it is to motivate people to do something today, not only in their personal life, but as proactive participants um, uh, in in the the project that we call the United States of America. So um, Bill English and I are going to continue this conversation in just a moment. We're going to talk about the total debt 
which is right now about 70 grand per person in the United States, and what we might do about it. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Oh, I like that walk-up music. This is Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com. We are talking about... The president's proposed budget for America's future. That's the name of it. Budget for America's future. Um, it is it, it is big um, and, and beautiful. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's huge. It's, it's huge. Yes, he, yes. he can't do a Trump to save his so, hide. That's OK. I can try so, to do a Trump. No, never mind. <laughs> so um, we're just going to do a little comparison here. Ten years ago, the federal budget was three point six trillion dollars, yep. which is. 25% less than it is now. So it's grown by 25% in 10 years. Yep. The federal debt was $14.1 trillion, about yep. 40% less than it is today. Yes. And the federal deficit um, was just $1.3 trillion, um, yeah. which is like shocking to say that it was just that. Um, uh, so when we look at what we owe today, the, te- the total debt is just below seventy grand a person. Talk with us about what what it means to bear the weight of that kind of debt, particularly when you're um, uh, when you're the those to whom you owe the debt are also, you know, political enemies. Uh, <laughs> you know, everybody's in the same boat on this one. So you owe the debt to your your political enemies. Now, look, happily, the amount of debt that China owns of, of the United States public debt is only about one trillion dollars. Out of the twenty-three trillion, uh, the 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 people who are really going to take it on the chin here is not our current generation. It's not you and I, Carmen, and it's not Paul and and his lovely new bride. What the people who are going to take this on the chin are our grandchildren. We're really stealing their wealth to pay for our party, and there's just no way around this. The future generations are going to rise up. And look at um, especially the boomers and, uh, to a lesser extent, the Gen Xers. And they're just going to say, um, you guys were the most self-absorbed, affluent society that this world has ever seen. And you've taken our wealth. And uh, there's there's not going to be any answer for that except, yeah, we did. Uh, because, you know, we're when, when Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid comprise almost 70 percent of our or those three comprise fifty percent of our national budget. Um, uh, there's there's just no way around the fact that that we are taking from our kids and grandkids and great grandkids to pay for those three programs today. And it's just no way around that. Okay, so sorry, let's sorry talk for, about. Sorry for gosh, all the happy. You're there. like we're gonna just call this like the downer <laughs> Debbie segment. Okay, so no, so Bill English is gonna but give it's us true. Um, Bummer Bill, I think. You know, just Bummer Bill. Bill Bummer. Bummer Bill from Bible and Business. There you go. You got your four Bs. Alliterate things nicely. There you go. So what can we do, Bill? Well, you know what? First of all, I think we have to look and see if this debt is rises to the moral level of an abortion or religious freedom or social programs. Right. Mm. Okay. You know, I I know. Is debt a moral question? Is it a moral issue? Interesting. Dave Ramsey would say so. Well, I know what Dave would say, but what is the no, average? But I mean, right? What does the average evangelical voter say? That's what I'm interested in. Okay, we know Ron Blue would say that too, right? So, um, you know, I know a lot of Christians, and you do too, Carmen, and you do too, Paul, that will never vote for a candidate if they're pro-choice. Period. That's the single issue for them. And when does debt become the single issue for Christians? Hmm. 
And I, I don't have an answer for that. I can tell you that in in the coming race uh, of of the two parties, and we're down to what? Basically five people. One of five people is going to be our next president. And you look at all five of them and you say none of them are talking about the debt. So neither of them are going to care about the spending. You go to a third party, they're probably not going to care all that much. When does when does that become a moral issue? Secondly, I would suggest um, that we really begin to prepare at some point um, to uh, to get involved in nonpartisan groups that uh, deal with the debt, like the Concord Coalition and others. These are nonpartisan groups that stand outside of government, but yet call government to at least balance its budget and to not keep going into debt. And that's that's a good place for us to play because you don't have to be a Democrat or a Republican. You can be whoever you want to be, a yellow spotted kangaroo, and they'll take you at, at places like that, and you can have real meaningful impact. Um, I feel like if we had a yellow spotted kangaroo, we could capitalize on that. You know, we could sell that, couldn't we? Yeah. We could we something. could make that your emoji or something. So. All right. Um, the the your last point here, at least on my list of uh, of encouragements, is not to accept learned helplessness. What what do you mean by that? Well, you you made the comment earlier that this thing is so big, mm-hmm. right? And it's so big. How do we? You know, there's nothing I little old puny me can do. Now, that, those weren't your words. I'm just parroting uh, a generic person. Look, one person can make a big difference if they get involved and if they stay persistent and consistent. And so, uh, don't fall into this learned helplessness that you can't do anything. Get out there, talk about this issue, and get out of debt and get involved in this thing. Um, our, you, we can make a difference in getting the, the government to stop spending more than what it's taking in because here's the reality. No institution, including the government, can spend more than what it has for the long term and remain solvent. It's just an economic law, and we're on our way to breaking it big time. So, Bill, um, all I have to spend every day are uh, are two hours and the, the amount of time that I have uh, allotted to having a conversation with you is like 10 seconds from being up. Yep. So we can't go into debt in terms of the time that we have to spend together. So I must say adieu. Adieu. Hey, thanks so much. You guys visit Bill at BibleAndBusiness.com. We'll be right back. 